Chapter Two, Part Fourteen of Our Village, Volume One by Mary Russell Mitford. Read by Anne Fletcher, Hobart, two thousand and twenty. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Our Village, Volume One Walks in the Country, Part Fourteen The Fall of the Leaf. November sixth. The weather is as peaceful today, as calm, and as mild as in early April and perhaps an autumn afternoon and a spring morning do resemble each other more in feeling and even in appearance than any two periods of the year there is in both the same freshness and dewiness of the herbage the same balmy softness in the air and the same pure and lovely blue sky with white fleecy clouds floating across it the chief difference lies in the absence of flowers and the presence of leaves but then the foliage of November is so rich and glowing and varied that it may well supply the place of the gay blossoms of the spring, whilst all the flowers of the field or garden could never make amends for the want of leaves, that beautiful and graceful attire in which nature has clothed the rugged forms of trees, the verdant drapery to which the landscape owes its loveliness and the forests their glory. If choice must be between two seasons, each so full of charm, it is at least no bad philosophy to prefer the present good, even whilst looking gratefully back and hopefully forward to the past and the future. And of a surety, no fairer specimen of a November day could well be found than this, a day made to wander by yellow commons and birch-shaded hollows and hedgerows bordering unfrequented lanes nor could a prettier country be found for our walk than this shady and yet sunny berkshire where the scenery without rising into grandeur or breaking into wildness is so peaceful so cheery so varied and so thoroughly english we must bend our steps towards the waterside for i have a message to leave at farmer riley's and sooth to say it is no unpleasant necessity for the road thither is smooth and dry, retired as one likes a country walk to be, but not too lonely, which women never like, leading past the Loddon, the bright, brimming, transparent Loddon, a fitting mirror for this bright blue sky, and terminating at one of the prettiest and most comfortable farmhouses in the neighbourhood. How beautiful the lane is to-day, decorated with a thousand colours, the brown road and the rich verdure that borders it, strewed with the pale yellow leaves of the elm, just beginning to fall, hedgerows glowing with long wreaths of the bramble in every variety of purplish red, and overhead the unchanged green of the fir, contrasting with the spotted sycamore, the tawny beech, and the dry sere leaves of the oak, which rustle as the light wind passes through them. A few common hardy yellow flowers, for yellow is the common colour of flowers, whether wild or cultivated, as blue is the rare one. Flowers of many sorts, but almost of one tint, still blowing in spite of the season, and ruddy berries glowing through all. How very beautiful is the lane! And how pleasant is this hill, where the road widens, with the group of cattle by the wayside, and George Hearn, the little post-boy, trundling his hoop at full speed, making all the better haste in his work because he cheats himself into thinking it play. 
and how beautiful again is this patch of common at the hilltop with the clear pool where martha pither's children elves of three and four and five years old without any distinction of sex in their sunburnt faces and tattered drapery are dipping up water in their little homely cups shining with cleanliness and a small brown pitcher with the lip broken to fill that great kettle which when it is filled their united strength will never be able to lift they are quite a group for a painter with their rosy cheeks and chubby hands and round merry faces and the low cottage in the background peeping out of its fine leaves and china roses with martha at the door tidy and comely and smiling preparing potatoes for the pot and watching the process of dipping and filling that useful utensil completes the picture but we must go on no time for more sketches in these short days it is getting cold too we must proceed in our walk dash is showing us the way and beating the thick double hedgerow that runs along the side of the meadows at a rate that indicates game astir and causes the leaves to fly as fast as an east wind after a hard frost ah a pheasant a superb cock pheasant nothing is more certain than dash's questing whether in a hedgerow or a covert for a better spaniel never went into the field but i fancied that it was a hare foot and was almost as much startled to hear the whirring of those splendid wings as the princely bird himself would have been at the report of a gun indeed i believe that the way in which a pheasant goes off does sometimes make young sportsmen a little nervous they don't own it very readily but the observation may be relied on nevertheless until they get as it were broken in to the sound and then that grand and sudden burst of wing becomes as pleasant to them as it seems to be to dash who is beating the hedgerow with might and main and giving tongue louder and sending the leaves about faster than ever very proud of finding the pheasant and perhaps a little angry with me for not shooting it at least looking as if he would be angry if i were a man for dash is a dog of great sagacity and has doubtless not lived four years in the sporting world without making the discovery that although gentlemen do shoot ladies do not the loddon at last the beautiful loddon and the bridge where every one stops as by instinct to lean over the rails and gaze a moment on a landscape of surpassing loveliness the fine grounds of the great house with their magnificent groups of limes and firs and poplars grander than ever poplars were the green meadows opposite studded with oaks and elms the clear winding river the mill with its picturesque old buildings bounding the scene all glowing with the rich colouring of autumn and harmonised by the soft beauty of the clear blue sky and the delicious calmness of the hour the very peasant whose daily path it is cannot cross that bridge without a pause but the day is wearing fast and it grows colder and colder i really think there will be a frost after all spring is the pleasantest season beautiful as this scenery is we must get on down that broad yet shadowy lane between the park dark with evergreens and dappled with deer 
and the meadows where sheep and cows and horses are grazing under the tall elms. That lane where the wild bank clothed with fern and tufted with firs, and crowned by rich buried thorn and thick shining holly on the one side, seems to vie in beauty with the picturesque old paling, the bright laurels and the plumy cedars on the other, down that shady lane, until the sudden turn brings us to an opening where four roads meet, where a noble avenue turns down to the great house, where the village church rears its modest spire from amidst its venerable yew-trees, and where, embosomed in orchards and gardens, and backed by barns and ricks, and all the wealth of the farmyard, stands the spacious and comfortable abode of good farmer Riley, the end object of our walk. And in happy time the message is said and the answer given, for this beautiful mild day is edging off into a dense frosty evening. The leaves of the elm and the linden in the old avenue are quivering and vibrating and fluttering in the air, and at length falling crisply on the earth, as if Dash were beating for pheasants in the treetops. The sun gleams dimly through the fog, giving little more of light and heat than his fair sister the Lady Moon. I don't know a more disappointing person than a cold sun, and I'm beginning to wrap my cloak closely around me, and to calculate the distance to my own fireside, recanting all the way my praises of November, and longing for the showery, flowery April, as much as if I were a half-chilled butterfly, or a dahlia knocked down by the frost. Oh, dear me, what a climate this is, that one cannot keep in the same mind about it for half an hour together. I wonder, by the way, whether the fault is in the weather, which Dash does not seem to care for, or in me. If I should happen to be wet through in a shower next spring, and should catch myself longing for autumn, that would settle the question. End of chapter 2, part 14